Hello, and I'm Julie Mallon from Sleepless in Dubai. We are filming here at the 25 Hours Hotel, and I am the founder of Nurture to Sleep, and I'd now like to introduce you to my second guest, who is Carly Neve. Hello, Julie. Hi. So <laughs> Carly and I, we've had a, a long-standing relationship, and of course, it's all around sleep. Yeah, I think I met you when Alfie was 18 months. I was just about to have my second child, and we were in this hell on earth stage of sleep and lack of sleep and I just kind of reached out to you saying please save, save us because now, it was all going downhill. Now that we were but before we go into that bit yeah just tell me a little bit about your career because you know again although I, I know you very well in preparation for this interview I was kind of delving a little bit deeper and there was a number of things that you know, made me think even greater about you. I really admire you and I think you can and are an inspiration. So tell me a little bit more about your career. I don't know if I would agree with your last sentence, but um, career-wise, so I moved to Dubai at 21. I was doing real estate in London and I was just doing a job that I knew I didn't want to do long-term and it was just to get a paycheck at the end of each month. And I kind of felt like I was selling my life and career short. So I left university back when I was 18, then um, did three years of like a thousand different jobs, nothing quite fit. And then I said to my mom at 21, right, I'm gonna move to Dubai, try something different, try something new. And moved here without knowing a soul. My mom had a friend of a friend of a friend who I came and said hello to when I first moved. Um, and I landed myself a job in PR as an intern. So I was doing interning in PR for about six months and then I discovered blogging. And that is when my blog started, which originally was, I think it was Carly's Kitchen, as horrible as the name as that is, which was all about healthy food and fitness. And um, obviously as the time when my life has gone on, it's morphed into mummyhood and lifestyle and travel. It has, but still, yes, it has morphed, but food is still very fundamental. Yeah, it is, to... it's a big part of mine and our family's life now for sure yeah and i think you know there's a number of things there that you kind of glazed over quite quickly <laughs> but actually we need to stop and okay, talk a little okay, bit okay let's about go them. okay let's go in so yeah you know like you said in your second term you decided university wasn't for you now i was saying that as a mother of three daughters if one of my three daughters had come and said that to me i'm not sure how well i would have taken it simply yeah. because you know, this opportunity, and yet you have shown that you do know what you wanted to do, and it's about trusting you. I don't know if I ever knew what I wanted to do, but I knew what I was doing was not what I wanted to yeah. do, and yeah. that didn't sit well with me. And I yeah. think my parents, you know, I had done the whole boarding school system where, you know, I loved it, but they do spoon feed you a lot. And I think I came to university, it was this big new place and I didn't love the course I was doing. That didn't feel quite a right fit. I did also meet my first boyfriend, which, you know, was a factor in me leaving university for sure. But yeah, I think I listened to my heart and my intuition and said, this is not making me as happy as I could be right now. So like, I prefer to go into real world, start getting some experience, start earning some money. And I think, you know, again, meeting with the families that I meet with and we look about um, we are the term helicopter parenting yeah and 
even now it's called lawnmower parenting where oh, I haven't heard of that yeah lawnmower parenting and it's you just straight across yeah and do everything fix everything for your children yeah. but actually we need to hand over responsibility yeah. a little bit more to our children and trust that they will know what is right for them and I think at that point my mum and dad were did that and they just went yeah. you know what you can figure this out and you can you yeah. can try it and if it doesn't work then okay you figure out the next step yeah. both from leaving university and moving to Dubai. I think if I had wanted to be a doctor or something that had specifically required that university degree that I've been working my whole life towards, yeah. maybe that would have been different. But a lost soul is probably a bit too far, but just, yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what was gonna fulfill me. And again, you know, when we're talking about boarding school, the boarding school I think will have helped you long-term because within your boarding school, um, experience there was a lot of discipline yeah that was. came within it yeah you know we I we have a number of friends who grew up in the boarding school environment Laura my who would normally be with me but she also went to boarding school and we talk about the discipline and you know sometimes we don't actually get that at home with our own children yeah. so I think that's also what helped you now and and to carry on with your goals I think that also helped I think it gave a um, a confidence kind of started yeah. to to yeah. try new things and and I don't know where exactly that came from in boarding school but there is um, I guess there's a lot of opportunity to try new things and do different yeah. so yeah it's boarding school has been good and I would send my kids again if we are given that option if that's something that we feel is right for them but university for me is definitely not be all or end all in terms of where I see the kids' education or my education. Yeah. So if we're looking at um, where you are now in terms of your digital content, in terms of your entrepreneurship, do you think that has happened easier here in Dubai than it would have done back in the UK, for example? For sure. And I'd say that's twofold. I'd say I feel like Dubai breeds a real air of entrepreneurship. I think yeah. people just give things a go and I think everyone's really happy to maybe it's like learn a bit of advice or you know sit down with them for a coffee and talk through their experience and that has helped and you see so many people doing it it's such an inspiration yeah. and yeah. I think you in my mind it inspires you and kind of opens up the door to well I can I can do better than I'm doing and I can try this as well and if they've done it then maybe I've got a shot too and everyone just I feel the more people succeed here, the more they want other people to succeed. It's not like, well, you're taking some of my pie. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I think Dubai breeds that culture, which I love. And I also think having had moved here at 21 and made this, you know, at that at age, a big ordeal about it. And all my friends were kind of thinking, oh, she's going to be back here in three months. You know, she's, and my family too. They were like, well, we'll see you in six months. You're basically just going for a holiday. I think I felt like I had something that I wanted to prove. I was like, no, I, I decided to do this and I want to make this a success. Whatever that looks like in terms of career, job, finances, happiness, life. And and I do think your different experiences, like you were, you know, part of the whole reality TV. Yeah. You know, I think I think my elbow appeared in that. My, my husband, Jack, has, as you know, my husband, yeah. he has a running joke about that, that that was my elbow and that was the feature that I got. But yes, but that was an example of something that I tried and like one of my 20 jobs that I tried before moving to Dubai that I just did not sit well. But well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, the learning is in the doing and yeah. we can't forge all these 
um, directions and goals for our children. You have to find your yeah. way. We can guide you and we can support you through it, but you have to find your way. I think, yeah, my parents have never forced me into or pushed me into a certain role or job, but they definitely have given me the sort of supporting ground to say, if yeah. you want to try something, you've, you've got the the capability to do it and the capability to try. So that has gone a long way with making these decisions in my life to kind of go outside the norm, I'd say. So through, you know, one of our many meetings, food, as we've said, and nutritious food has been a really important part, particularly with the boys, but for you as well, yeah. your exercise is really important. Um, and there's been so many elements that all lead and from my understanding, your understanding of sleep now, not just for the boys, but for you yeah. and your body to repair and so on is very different. I think I believe that your knowledge is so much greater. For sure. I think becoming a mum, I had to get more clued up on sleep because you get a lot less opportunity to have it. So it became something so valuable to Jack and I. And it would it was probably our biggest thing that we argued over in that first two years of children just because you're craving it. You're craving that time just to have that complete switch off. And we we would use the spare room a lot to say, go sleep, but go sleep in the spare room so that you can shut the door, put on the air purifier fan, have it on full wax so that you can't hear if the kids are crying and I, I've got them, like I'll deal with it. And it's only when you can mentally as well switch off that I feel mm. like you could actually get that restorative sleep that we so desperately needed. Yeah. But yeah, sleep is... And still, I mean, I think if we were in bed at like 8 p.m. last night, it still plays. It's a never-ending thing of catching up and trying to... But I, I do think that's something that we need to recognise as well, that sleep, our sleep evolves throughout the years. And, you know, with two small children, two very active yeah. children, it's just about recognising this is what my body needs, as opposed to, I mean, you know, we're the only animals on the planet that actually fight sleep. You know, if an animal's tired, they'll just go and sleep. Whereas we as humans, That's we so fight true. it. We yeah. like, no, no, I'm not sleeping. So within your workplace then, and within your career, um, where do you see yourself projected forward in the next five years? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Gosh, that's a big question. I mean, you have known, you say I'm entrepreneurial because you, have, you know what I'm building, but I am almost, there's a part of me that's, embarrassed to talk about it because I mean Jodie who I was just messaging then when we were at the business partner for the baby wraps that I'm bringing yeah. out this has been 18 months of getting this over the line but we are both moms of two young boys and it's taken so long to get there so I would love to revisit this conversation in two years time and actually have the two businesses that we are working on and building up and in yeah. action so certainly that would be number one that yeah. um the the baby wraps that are launching very soon and the prenatal vitamins will be you know, fully flying and doing um, well. And the brand is um, one that people feel trust in. And that's my yeah. ultimate goal, especially with the supplements. But again, sorry to interrupt, but there's a number of um, common threads where we're looking at all our guests and it's about they've worked hard and it's taken time. Yeah. And that's what we need to remind the world because at the minute there is this instant gratification and that's not reality. So it's taking you two and a half years. Yeah. Nobody said it had to take you less or more. It will happen when it happens because that's when it's meant to happen too. So things, you know, life we see as a whole, not yeah. just 
we've got to do this because that we can't think of things in isolation. At Mirabelle, passion fuels global connections. For more than 30 years, our international team has launched campaigns across continents through targeted marketing strategies, captivating promotions, and innovative media solutions tailored to brands ranging from fashion to travel and tourism to health and well-being, and so much more. Let our cross-cultural experience engage your audiences. Discover the Mirabelle difference at mirabelle.co.uk. It's hard though, I think, when you when you are a mum, you you kind of put your stuff to the back burner. Yeah. And I had a conversation with my sister, who's a mum of a nine month old recently, and she is super corporate in her world and she's, you know, straight back into work and loves it and is really climbing up the ladder. And she kind of sat me down and said to me, you have to stop feeling this guilt about leaving the children to do this work because you have to treat it like a full-time job. If you actually want to build them and make them something that you're really proud of, it requires time and effort. But I have had a huge guilt complex about leaving the children yeah. to, to work on something that you can't actually show anyone yet. Mm -hmm. So it's different when you're working a full-time job because you're almost like, I'm clocking in at this hour, I'm clocking in at that. But when you're building something, there's nothing to show for it until it's built. Yeah, so, and, I, and I do think that's part of being a female and part of being a mother much yeah. more so than it would be a father yeah. and a male. And that is the really hard part. You it know, is. I was interviewing a mummy who, Nyla, who this incredible mountaineer, and you know, one of the questions that it was suggested that I ask would be, how did you feel when you left the children? Now I know I wouldn't, have the same feeling if I was asking him and, and that's me being a female yeah. I was thinking this is not right it's yeah it, it's, women are under so much pressure we are and I think yeah without kind of delving too much into personal yeah. life that is for sure the the running let's just say heated conversation Jack and I would have about yeah. how we see each other's work and whilst he's incredibly understanding would always try and kind of I know he values what I do and um really appreciates the, the time and effort, it's a lot harder to yeah. kind of put the, um, I guess, the time on something that hasn't yet gone as opposed to his day job. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I think it's a never ending like conversation and revisit of this is important, I need to prioritize this and prioritize that. Because you're right, it is different for a man, no, for the most part. It's very ways, different, but. yeah. So, Again, now looking at our children and how they are sleeping, so... Gosh, um, how are the two boys sleeping? So Arlo is two next week, in two weeks' time, and Alfie's three and a half. And again, those ages are so significant mm. now, they're all significant, um, but somewhere between two and two and a half, there is a spike in separation anxiety. Great, so we've got that to come for Arlo, because he's actually good, because <laughs> yeah. I think we had you yes. from the start. Yeah. Um, Arlo's a lot better than Alfie and my lovely eldest son is sleeping in his own bed which as you know was a huge thing to get him yeah. out of our bed and staying yeah. in his room but we're still visiting his room four times a night he wants to be tucked tucked back in with the cover or just wants to say hi and you're until you change that it's not going to change yeah it's not a need it's a want and our children will always know what they want but not what they need and what they need is consolidated sleep i know i know but you know just... i know you were going to say this as well no, <laughs> I didn't even want to say no. it. we can have this conversation another um because yeah. i need i need like coaching again yeah. for it but one of the reasons as well at the minute is because you know 
somewhere around the age of three, three, three and a half, that's when the main framework of the brain is being completed. Okay. So there is a huge surge in his imagination. So everything, you know, he'll see monsters, he'll know about monsters now. Mm. And, and Actually, being... he said last night, something something came into my bed, can you get it out? Oh, and I it's that, that kind of thing yes. where I don't want to ignore it. Yeah. And it's also a really quick fix. Yeah. So it's a two minute fix and we're yeah. back to sleep. And I'm and I'm thinking, well, I'll take that over battling Hours. him coming in and out yeah. of the room and in our yeah. bed and kicking around. So it's kind of what's what's the, the lesser evil here. Yeah. But I know it's not ideal for him. And it's certainly not ideal for us being no. woken up four times a night at no. least. No, not at all. Because, you know, he's not getting that human growth hormone. Yeah. He's not getting all the benefits of his sleep. He's That's not happening. But equally, starting school. Yeah, you know, that's been a big change. Massive change. And we really underestimate the transition that our children go through when we they are exposed to all these different changes. And we think it has this amount of impact on them, but actually think that times 10. And that's the impact it has on them because yeah. the transition from everything being so much bigger than when he was at nursery, for example. Yeah, it feels so It's a much massive bigger. change for yeah. him. And so there'll be so much of him acting out as opposed to acting up. Yeah. So maybe in the middle of the night, that his, that's him acting out. Because, of course, you know, at night, everything seems so much bigger. Yeah. So when he's lying there in the dark and it's quiet, then all the things that happen during the day, they suddenly have so much more meaning times 10. Yeah. So, but it's just about recognizing that we need to be their container. So when all these thoughts and feelings of him are running like a pan boiling over, yeah. we need to be the one to switch the gas down or the, so that helps to contain it for him. That's a nice metaphor. Yeah. So for you, what would be, how would you prepare yourself? What's your perfect routine perfect for sleep? I'm speaking as a mom of two kids, right? So yes. I'm sleeping in preparation of being woken up because I feel like that would be different as if I was on a holiday alone with Jack yeah. and we were just having a nice evening. I mean, alcohol affects me so much. We Everyone, yeah, everyone. We had the whoop a while back. I've stopped wearing mine, but because because I learned, it, it taught me what I needed to, to be yeah. taught and yeah. therefore I don't feel the need to wear it again and again. But yeah, alcohol is a big one. So we used to open up a bottle of wine or have a glass of red wine in the evening after a stressful night with the kids or a long day at work or whatever the case may be. Now we don't have that. Like a drink would be saved for the weekend if we have one. Um, I always take a really hot shower. Um, that just like, I think there's something to do with temperature, right? You come out the shower and then it helps your body cool down yes. and that symbolizes sleep for you. That for supports, me, it's a trigger. It, it supports the release of melatonin. Okay. Because your body needs to drop, drop 0.5 of a degree in order to um, signal everything, say it's nighttime. Okay. So yes, it's temperature is really important. So that's one, hot shower. Yeah. I mean, loads of water. I've actually started drinking this kind of heat, a, a glass with um, some Celtic salt inside as well, just yeah. to, to really rehydrate because I get super thirsty during the night. And because that is what happens at night, our body loses yeah. a lot of fluid. So it's actually very dehydrating during the night for us. Yeah, so you're right, too, but up, really. it's better to have the fluid earlier on in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not great at that. And recently we have, I mean, no phones in bed, which is an obvious one, and always phones on airplane mode. I haven't quite got to the degree of putting it outside the room because if I need to check their monitor at night, I need it next to me. Which but you don't need to check it. 
Well, just being like, if Arno's nope, upset nope. and I need to see why he, is he standing or is he, I know, I'm getting there. <laughs> Um, so no f phones on airplane at night and recently we've been using the calm app and doing a sleep meditation each night so we'll get into bed for I mean sometimes it's been 7.30 we'll put the kids there and then we'll go down I've started eating a lot earlier with the children now as well yeah. so kind of 5.30 which has been better for everything for me like health, fitness feeling in the morning lack of hunger spike is the first thing that I wake up and I think I sleep as well and yeah, the meditation apps have been really good for us. Jack loves it. It sends him right to sleep. I haven't normally had an issue falling to sleep, but he does. And for him, that works a treat. Yeah. So no. um, meditation, really important. You yeah. know, Matt Walker, um, who is- Love him. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the leading neuroscientists when it comes to sleep. And he used to talk about, lots of people told him about meditation. Okay. And he said, I'm a hard no scientist. Really? Don't talk to me about wow, meditation. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, but then he said the evidence was so compelling he couldn't ignore it. And now he cannot sleep without his meditation. Wow. And honestly, the evidence is there. So meditation is really, really important. And that is, you know, having your meal earlier, but earlier rather. But also what's really helpful is that role modeling for the children and yeah. sitting at the table with the children and them seeing you eat as well. That is such a positive experience for the children. That's been a really recent change for us. In summer, we had, we went on holiday with some friends and it was amazing because we got to see, you know, I value them as, as parents. I think they're wonderful parents and their children mm -hmm. are amazing. And we got to see how they did meal times and bedtimes and morning times and all the rest of it. And such simple things such as not giving the kids milk in the morning, which we just had as a habit for forever since they were babies and we never stopped it. But that then impacted how they ate the breakfast and same like with dinner time, which we've, we've spoken a lot about milk at evening yeah. times, but the other thing was sitting at the table with them. And I have, I've had such a battle with meal times along the way. It's not been something I could enjoy. So if I can ever swap in Jack and me not doing meal time, I'd be happy to do that. Mm. But recently we've just both been sitting down with them and enjoying it. And yeah. it's been lovely. And they've eat, they've eaten so much better. Yeah, because eating is such a sociable experience. Yeah. And we, we keep forgetting that. And it is about coming back to basics, whereas coming back yeah. and sitting and eating as a family. And, you know, when I sit and work with families and I'll say to them, look, let's start small. There is one day a week where you can sit as a family and eat, whether it's your breakfast in the morning yeah. on a Saturday morning. It's not, it doesn't have to be that you've got to eat seven days a week because that's not manageable. Yeah. And if we feel it's not manageable, then we just don't do it. So yeah. it's like about starting small, yeah, like but equally about your sleep as well and recognizing how important sleep is for all of you. So you are actually modeling to the children the importance of sleep. Yeah. And that is, it's really important. Well, thank you. Thank you, I Julie. Really enjoyed I know, I've, I've got to go do pick up as I would have chatted for you for so much longer, but I know Alfie's now waiting at school, but yeah. thank you so much. And you have been honestly the most amazing savior in our lives when it comes to sleep. So I, I could chat to you for hours. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So just again to say goodbye from Sleepless in Dubai and recognize what our superpower is. And when we have enough sleep, we can do anything, and thank you.